Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild card! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. Welcome to Industry Focus. It's Tuesday, March 19th, and I'm your host, Emily Flippin. Today will be a fun episode, not just because I am joined by Dan Klein, but also because we're going to be playing a fun game, and more so because we're going to be playing this fun game in front of a live audience. And I would say a live studio audience, but we're actually still remote, so we're recording it over Zoom. Either way, we'll be trying to bring in a little bit of audience participation in today's episode, and you can play with yourselves out there in podcast land. Dan, thanks so much for joining today. Oh, thanks for having me, Emily. I, I am excited about this. Uh, just so many new things all at once. It is it is a lot, and you know I bring the fun, so this will absolutely be be fun and exciting. You definitely do bring the fun, and that's even more so today because. Doing this uh, task, game, challenge we're doing today was actually your idea. So um, how about you introduce our listeners to what it is we'll be doing for this podcast? So folks, if you've seen March Madness, uh, it's a bracket. It is a bracket challenge. We have eight retail companies lined up, uh, and there's four different matches. So we're going to do the opening round. Then we're going to take those winners. We're going to do a semifinal round or a quarterfinal round, a semifinal or no, uh, sorry, it is a semifinal, then a final, then we'll have a winner. Assuming this goes well, we might match that win- winner next time we do this with another eight companies. We didn't pick the eight biggest retailers. We picked sort of companies to give a bit of diversity, to make it sort of interesting. So like, for example, Amazon's not on this list. So there are some, you know, there, there's the possibility we do this again. Emily, do you want me to share the matchups or do you want to do that as we go along? Yeah, go ahead and share the matchups. Give our listeners an idea about the companies we'll be talking about. The number one seed, uh, the behemoth, the Duke, the Kansas, all rolled into one. Uh, That would be Walmart. Taking on kind of an upstart, a company that has really gotten back on track, Target. The number two seed at the bottom half of the bracket, the Home Depot. Taking on another company left for dead for a long time, that would be Best Buy. The number three seed, uh, a retailer struggling right now, but that's likely to bounce back when this is all over, TJ Maxx, taking on a retailer that's doing really well now in the sixth seed, Dollar General. That brings us to our 4-5 matchup. It's the steady company versus the disruptor. Costco in the four seed, taking on Wayfair with the five seed. Those are the matchups, folks. Uh, Start, start thinking in your head who's going to win. We did not plan out what we were going to say. So this is going to be an open rumble as we do it. Yes. And so the way that this will work is that each of us uh, will discuss our thoughts on the matchup. And it's worth noting, I was the one who seeded these. I, I more just assigned them a seed that I put them up against somebody I thought was an interesting conversation. We'll see how the seeds go. (laughs) Don't read too much into it. But we'll discuss our thoughts on the matchups. And then one by one, we'll cast our votes for who we think should advance. And in the event that we are in disagreement, Dan, we do have a poll pulled up for our live audience that should allow them to cast the tie-breaking vote. So hopefully we won't end up in too much of a stalemate for a lot of these matchups. Uh, Emily, let's get started. Uh, why don't let's you make do it. Why don't you make the case for Walmart, uh, and then we'll move on to Target. Yes. So the first matchup we have here, 
Walmart versus Target. Uh, honestly, these two retailers I'm big fans of. In fact, all of the companies that we have in our bracket today, I think are are fair to say very strong retailers. You'll notice there's no JCPenney in here. And Walmart and Target have taken um, very separate approaches to how they've grown their business. And Walmart, to me, I think has done an amazing job in that omni-channel experience, uh, really thriving in a world where people are trying to get groceries delivered, trying to get groceries picked up. I can only see this global pandemic as a horrible thing for most people, but as a good thing for Walmart. Target, in my opinion, great company, strong performer, always has a niche audience, but they've just been slower when rolling out their grocery business, which to me feels a little lackluster. A little slower in grocery, but they bought shipped. So their ability to get you stuff on same day delivery uh, has been very high. So grocery can, can follow. Target has, in general, been slow to invest in their grocery, where they have invested. And why I like Target better is Target has invested heavily in owned and operated brands and has shown them off, and they're selling. So that might be its partnership with Magnolia, where it's you know lifestyle stuff and aspirational. Uh, some of its short-term deals, where it's bringing in brands like Vineyard Vines, and they sell out in seconds, and people are collecting them. But some of it is replacing Champion, a brand it doesn't own, with whatever it calls its athletic wear line, it's just a smart idea because the sales appear to be strong and they own that. They don't have to negotiate on it every year. They're building equity in something that people will then follow online. I think Walmart sells pretty generic inventory. I don't find shopping at a Walmart usually all that pleasant, though I will say there's a Walmart near me in, in, in the uh, Orlando area that is an especially clean and well-run Walmart. I just think Target has a very loyal customer. They're back to that, and I hate people who say this, but they're back to being Target. They, they mean something. You can wear clothes from Target and tell people you bought them at Target. If you wear clothes from Walmart, unless you're painting or a kid at summer camp, there's not a lot of prestige to wearing clothes from Walmart. These are both omni-channel, heavily invested businesses, but I actually think Target has differentiated in a way Walmart has not. Well, I can't believe this. The first matchup, the one I thought for sure was going in the way of Walmart. It seems like we're probably going to be in disagreement here. <laughs> well, that's, you know, it's it's not, this is a 1A and a 1B for me, mm -hmm. but what puts me over the top is I will go to Target just to walk around, just to see what inspires me. Maybe I'll buy a few things. Maybe I'll see something on clearance. Maybe I'll buy a shirt. Maybe I won't. I will not go to Walmart unless I need to go to Walmart. Uh, and to me, I don't think I'm alone in that. And obviously, I'm talking about not in coronavirus times. Right now, uh, my wife has gone to Target. It's not a particularly pleasant place to go. So Dan's pick in this case would be Target. Emily's pick would be Walmart. Uh, and Emily, I don't see the votes tabulate, which uh, I'm hoping you do, because normally- I, I do, in fact. And and Austin has done a great job in throwing up this, this tiebreaker here for our live audience. And Dan, I'll tell you what, you're coming out on top. Your audience agrees with you. I am disappointed because I think Walmart has really proven out their value, especially during this pandemic in a way that Target simply hasn't lived up to. But yep, our live audience agrees with you there, Dan. So we're going to have to roll this one in favor of Target. That, folks, is a big upset. Uh, you know, very, it is. Uh, you, know, you don't see that happen. You don't see like Hofstra, where I went, beat Duke very often. In fact, I think it, it's, it's happened never, or maybe once that a 16 has beat a one. In this case, this is like a tournament of champions. Every company, except the next one we're going to talk about, uh, is, in my opinion, Ooh. a real 
winner. Yeah, I'm not even sure how this one made the list, Emily. Uh, so number four, Costco. I, I like Costco. Is against number five, Wayfair. Uh, I will make the case against Wayfair if you like. Please do, because I'm going to come in here with a totally different opinion. So I understand that they're doing well in the pandemic, because it's not that pleasant to go to any furniture store, even if the furniture stores are open. And the type of furniture you're buying, a desk chair, a desk, maybe an extra bookcase, that is areas where I think Wayfair will excel. I am a Wayfair customer. I bought a pantry from Wayfair. It was the right price. It was a little cheaper in terms of material than I would have wanted. I would not have purchased it if I had seen it first. But my contractor put it together, reinforced it a little bit. It's fine. I'm not upset because it's a pantry. It is where my food lives. Uh, If I had bought a mattress or a couch, something that I'm going to sit on, I very rarely sit in the pantry. I would not do that from Wayfair. I think the the market for this company is very constrained by the fact that they're in a tactile business. A lot of furniture you really want to get a look at. And maybe online catches up with some of the visual, but I don't think it can catch up with is this couch comfortable? My wife and I just bought the nicest couches we have ever purchased. The first time in our life we've we've spent you know, I mean we spent like a couple thousand dollars redoing our, our, our couches, which is way more than I've ever spent previously. And I probably sat and reclined in like 82 different couches before we picked it out. And I was willing to spend twice as much. It just turned out that the ones we liked happened to be at a pretty good price point. Now, previously, I'd gone to Ikea or Bob's or places that sell $400 couches. So this was a big jump up. But uh, Emily, I just don't see, you know, Wayfair, it's a niche player that that is benefiting from the current situation. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Wayfair is definitely benefiting from the current situation. And it's fair to say that the run-up we've seen in Wayfair's price this year is pretty unsubstantiated in my opinion. I mean, the company was hit before this crisis even started because uh, their margins on the products they were selling were so thin. They were spending so much money and management had taken this entirely new approach. And I won't go too much into it because I know we've talked about Wayfair on our consumer goods industry focused podcast in the past, but it's fair to say that Wayfair has done $10 billion in revenue over the past year. They see the opportunity to turn this into a 10% net income margin business, which should mean that if they were able to scale up and just keep sales the same as they are this year as they were last year, that's a billion dollars in net income that they're not realizing because they're wasting money. And so management is committed to this turnaround to turn Wayfair from an unprofitable business into a profitable business. And even if that niche is a $10 billion niche that they just happen to you know, truck along there growing at the rate of inflation or whatnot, it still ends up being a really strong business. And it's nothing against Costco, but I think Wayfair could be a really compelling turnaround story. Um, it's fair to say, I think, Dan, that your vote is for Costco and my vote is for Wayfair. Yeah, but let, let, me, let me bring up why I like Costco. Costco is okay. slow and steady wins the race. Costco is, has an incredibly loyal membership base, about 91% renewal rate. Costco knows the economics of opening a new store, how long it will take to scale, and sort of where it's going to go. So I I am just, you know, Costco is safe and steady. Wayfair, they might make a profit. They might do the same amount of business that, I don't know, five Costco warehouses do out of 700. I literally think that's the number, not, you know, so I don't know. Emily, I am guessing I am winning, which I promise you on the rundown tonight, you are going to drub me. So, so in yes. this case, in this case, I have taken uh, sort of the 
the more popular tact, I think. Costco is just safer. Look, I, I hope Wayfair does well, uh, but a management saying, hey, we've been wasting money and now we're not going to, that doesn't seem like a great strategy for me. Uh, so, Emily, where did the numbers come in? I'm going to say, I I liked the idea of bringing in a live audience, having voting on this. I thought it would be fun. But I have done something to wrong the people listening right now. Because I'll tell you what, 89% of the votes went to you, Dan. So it's clear that Costco is going to be our winner again this round. Man, Walmart and Wayfair losing feel like two complete upsets to me. Yeah, look, I I think Wayfair could be a compelling business story. Costco is a compelling business story. They're mm-hmm. already there. Uh, you know, if you're going to make a safe investment right now, there are few places that look as as good as Costco as a place to put your money and know that this is not a rocket ship company. This is you know an elephant that's just slowly walking forward, uh, but can do that for a really long time. Okay, our next matchup. Um, this was fun that I think we can. We talked a lot about these businesses in the past. I feel like they're pretty straightforward. It's TJ Maxx versus Dollar General. Both of them really strong retailers, totally different in their approaches, but actually are totally different in their businesses. Dollar General obviously operating more of a of a necessity chain versus TJ Maxx looking at clothing retailing, but they target the same audience, which is why I thought that this was a particularly interesting matchup because it does target middle America a lot more than something like Wayfair does, for instance. Yeah. Why I like TJ Maxx isn't so much that, you know, yes, they both target people looking for value, but but TJX also owns Marshalls. And Marshalls can service that middle America, middle income audience, but they can also service a wealthier audience looking for a bargain. Uh, my mom likes to go to Marshall's. Uh, you know, not the wealthiest woman in the world, but, but you know, doing reasonably well. Uh, and there's a fun in going to there. Now, I don't think she'd step foot in a TJ Maxx, uh, and she's probably indifferent on home goods. But that said, uh, that company can serve everybody. It has that bargain hunt aspect. It has the treasure hunt. You never know what you're going to find. Another plus for Costco, by the way. Uh, you know, and, and it's really exciting. I really like the Dollar General business model. Uh, they know their customer. They're expanding really quickly. Stores get up to you know about a million and a half in sales, which is kind of where they top out uh, very quickly. They're adding about a thousand stores a year. But I do think they're selling to just one audience. Uh, and, you know, it's not that you can't go in there if you're, you're, you're well off, but they tend to be in underserved markets uh, where there's not enough grocery stores, uh, vacation markets, you know, that. So I like Dollar General a lot, but I think we're going to agree and lean towards uh, TJX on this one. Yeah, and I should clarify when I talk about TJX, which is the ticker for for. The TJ company family. I always say TJ Max, but it's actually inclusive, as you mentioned, of of Marshalls and Home Goods. So they have a really compelling, you know, few segments there that they're targeting, and all of their business lines have been steady performers. Dollar General, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the way that they sometimes take advantage of of the markets in which they serve. They tend to be underserved markets where you can't get a Walmart or a Target, which is fine. They they fill a need, but it's not always the best experience for the people who shop there. So just the, on premise alone, I tend to like TJ yeah, Maxx. Yeah, the, the, they're well-priced, but they're not well-run. We've talked about yeah. this before. Stores are a little chaotic. Some shelves are empty. Some, some are packed. It's an inconsistent merchandise. Sometimes it's deceptive packaging. You think you're buying an eight-pack of toilet paper, and then you realize each roll is only like a quarter what you would expect a roll of toilet paper to be. There is a Dollar General walking distance from from our other house. Uh, and to go to the Publix, I have to cross a big street. So I 
go to Dollar General pretty often uh, to buy things like iced coffee and whatever. Uh, and it's fine. It serves a need. Uh, but it is they, they could tighten up their ship and be a better run retail operation. And maybe they would have beat TJ Maxx here. Completely agree. And now we have our last first round. Does that make sense? You know all the terminology here, Dan. Our, I'm not our, a sports our, person. Our last opening round matchup. Uh, that that could be where we go. Our last opening round matchup, we have Best Buy versus Home Depot. I'll let you start here, Dan. Uh, so I'm going to go with the upset again. Um, I really like Best Buy. Best Buy is a company Ooh. that was left for dead. Uh, I forget how many years ago it is now, but let's, let's say eight or nine years ago. They brought in a CEO, Hubert Jolie. He has he's since moved up and is the, I think he's the executive chairman. Uh, and he basically said, here's what we're doing wrong. Our prices are too high. Our salesmen are commission-based. We are forcing people that we do all the work and then Amazon gets the sale. How do we change that? How do we eliminate employee theft? How do we make money from services? Best Buy has an incredibly overpriced service division in Geek Squad that people love. If you want to spend $249 to have your $349 television mounted, Geek Squad will do that for you. And people seem to buy it. They bought a company that makes health devices, uh, monitoring for people, like sort of like the I've fallen and I can't get up type type monitoring, but that's going to be a hugely growing industry that produces recurring service revenue. Best Buy is another store that I enjoy going to. You might walk around and just like, hey, I want a smartwatch at some point. Let's look at all of them. They have stores within a store, so they're getting rent from Microsoft and Samsung and cable companies and whoever else it might be. Uh, they are a physical player in appliances at a time where JCPenney dropped appliances, Sears is down to like, I don't know, a handful of stores, and other local appliance chains are, are slowly dying out. And I know I'm in the market for a refrigerator freezer. My wife found the one she likes, but it is not a stock item at Home Depot or Lowe's, so we can't go see it. Home Depot does a fine job. It serves a niche. Obviously, it's a huge niche. They do an okay job for small-level contractors, not really for big-time contractors. But I know, as someone who is not particularly handy, I dread going to Home Depot. They are not well-staffed. The stores are not well-explained. They assume you know what you're doing if you're going to be there. And someone who doesn't know what he's doing can paint a wall. I've hung drywall. I've figured these things out. And I find the experience of going to a Home Depot when you're not a handy person uh, is, is very, very unpleasant. Unless you get lucky and you get a staff member, if you could ever possibly find a staff member, uh, who helps you. Uh, so yeah, a little personal bias here, probably. <laughs> I'm just so shocked again. This is definitely one we're going to disagree on. And I'm going to fight hard here for Home Depot. So Home Depot reported today, it, they had a lackluster quarter in terms of their bottom line. However, Home Depot itself is such a well-run business. If anything, they're known for providing that great employee treatment, right? When you come in and you don't know what you want. I mean, that was the value that Home Depot has traditionally provided over a competitor like Lowe's. I also think that calling the home development market a niche is maybe missing the point of the home <laughs> development market, right? It's it's always an industry that is going to need it need to be done physically in person. Like having those big warehouses is a part of the industry that's never going to disappear. Versus a company like Best Buy, while they've done a great job in expanding their omni-channel presence, ultimately there's only a small number of people that are going to need to visit in person to be to be making their Best Buy purchases. And oh, I'm I'm not sure about that. Do you want to buy a television you didn't see? 
If like, I knew that I could return it for free if I didn't like it, yeah, probably. Have you ever tried to return a television? I had to do that once. Admittedly, I have not. Admittedly, yeah, well, have not. Walmart shipped me a 55-inch television that was broken. Getting Ooh. it back into the package is basically six Rubik's Cubes. That is not a fun experience in any way. And I'm not... Look, look, obviously some people don't care that much. They're going to buy their laptop, their whatever. But Best Buy is the default in that brand. If you're thinking electronics, you're going to think Best Buy. But I'm guessing I didn't win this argument. No, we just pulled our live audience. And with 82% of the vote, we're going to be moving Home Depot forward up in this bracket. And I'm, I'm selfishly happy with that decision. I, I really like Home <laughs> Depot. And, and this next matchup is going to be interesting, Dan, because I think we're probably going to be disagreeing from here on out. Um, heading into, is this the quarterfinals or the semifinals? Uh, this is the uh, quarterfinals because there's, oh, no, no, this is the semifinals, semifinals. Okay. Of, of this half of the bracket, assuming we're going to mm-hmm. do another eight uh, at, at some point. So that is a, a tiny bit confusing. <laughs> But we have a matchup between Target, which upset Walmart last round, and Costco, which in my opinion, upset Wayfair, although our live audience would disagree with both of those statements. How, since these are both companies that you champion for, Dan, how do you feel about the Target versus Costco matchup? So I'm torn, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to go with Costco. I'm going to go with the argument that the foundation of membership allows Costco to see a problem coming very, very far out. Costco is also in the enviable position that because you pay for that membership, they operate on very thin margins. They don't make most of their profit is made from those memberships. So all they focus on is driving down costs for members. That is going to make you really popular with your members especially now during a pandemic where we're seeing prices go up on a wholesale level. If Costco is saying, hey, the price of eggs went up 16%, uh, we were only making 3% on eggs previously, but let's just sell eggs break even right now. We won't pass all the, the increase along. And you notice a noticeable difference on some of these prices. That's a very good position. So I love the Target business. I love how they've reinvented it. But I just think you know Costco, under any circumstances, is going to do well. Costco is also entertainment. It is fun to take your kid or a friend to Costco. You get a cheap meal. You have some samples. I know you can't do this now. You you wonder why they're selling kayaks in, in a landlocked area. Um, you know you have your picture taken with the giant teddy bear. Like whatever. Like Costco is a fun store to walk around. I like to walk around Target too, but I don't view it as like an outing. It's just like oh hey we need some stuff. Let's let's go to Target and also walk around and and see what's there. So it's a squeaker to me, but I would say Costco. Your thoughts, Emily. I tend to agree with you, Dan. I'm getting, I can't add much. That's a wonderful explanation for why I think Costco has the edge over Target. The membership model does just make them more compelling. What I will say, I think is hilarious, is you commented that you see Costco as an entertainment venue. Going to Costco is an entertainment experience. And I'm chuckling because it, you threw me back to growing up in relatively rural Texas in high school. We would go to Costco for entertainment to eat those free samples. And it's nice to know, you know, even as we get older, we still get enjoyment from the little things. Emily, if you someday have a kid uh, instead of a cat, you will find that things you never considered entertaining become entertaining. My son liked to walk around Target or Costco and ask me who was real. So and sometimes I didn't know, like I wasn't sure if Betty Crocker was real or, or, or not, or like, like I know Captain Crunch is real, but I did not, you know, some of these didn't know. And that was years because when you have a kid, anything that entertains that kid is really important and valuable to you. 
Uh, Emily, why don't you take the lead on our first, uh, our second, excuse me, semifinal matchup? Which is TJ Maxx versus Home Depot. And I'm not gonna make the argument because I know you're going to vote with TJ Maxx here, Dan. I'm gonna make the argument for Home Depot. Home Depot to me just has better growth opportunities. Honestly, when I think about the business long term, it's been a steady performer in the market in which it operates, but it's really just begun to take advantage of the contractor market. They set up their shops to really serve contractors, not just local people who are need to improve their homes, but the people who are doing it professionally, which tend to have higher margins. Um, they've, and I've spent a lot of my time looking at the cannabis space as anybody who's familiar with me knows, and they set up some really interesting and pretty lucrative agreements with some of the biggest suppliers for hydroponics equipment in the nation. So Home Depot to me is just more forward looking with the opportunity to expand greater, especially as the home market and home development market expands. And I, I don't see any future in which home development stops completely, which gives it the edge over TJ Maxx, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it's it, it's funny. I want to disagree um, because I like TJ Maxx, but you you're right. Like optionality, home goods is unnecessary. <laughs> so, in, in a, in a, as much as I, I bought two ceramic chickens uh, for my for my vacation house, at, which is sort of a nod to my grandmother, my family home for some reason had ceramic chickens uh, in New Hampshire. Um, and it's fun to walk around and they might have like about to expire chili mix or candy or who knows what, or, or like a painting for $30. That's nice. Like it, it's a really weird store, but it, it's unnecessary. And then clothing is something you can put off purchasing. So if things are not going well, you might go to Marshall's or TJ Maxx looking for the incredible bargain, the 90% off suit, uh, because you still need to wear clothes, but you might not shop. If your refrigerator breaks, you need a refrigerator. If you have to repair your wall because you, you uh, hypothetically accidentally kicked a hole in your wall, stubbing your toe and, and being an incredible pain, uh, you, you have to do that. So it's just one of those situations where I, I, I don't love the company. I certainly don't like how they treat me. But I do think from an investable point of view, uh, Home Depot is a better choice. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm happy with that matchup. To be clear, I like all of these companies, but there's something especially fun to me about having Home Depot move to our final matchup here on a day when the stock is down a bit and the market is up, simply because their earnings, the bottom line, didn't quite meet expectation, not for any real business reason, but because they're paying their employees more during a global pandemic. So I like this final matchup, and I'm going to let you kick it off because I genuinely do not know which way you're going to go, and that's Costco versus Home Depot for the win. So Costco famously pays its employees well. They've mm. also been paying uh, bonuses during this. And look, I don't think any investor should be looking at EPS right now. That is not the important thing. It is, did you retain your customers and not bleed money? Even a Best Buy, which lost uh, a couple of rounds ago, Best Buy doing 70-something percent of its business during a pandemic when its stores were closed is astounding. That suggests that like in your brain, hey, I need a new laptop, your head goes to Best Buy. It is sort of the opposite of, say, like an office depot. Oh, maybe we should do a loser's bracket at some point. That would be a ton <laughs> of fun. Uh, sorry, sorry, office depot. My cousin works there I, uh, in management. Well, not management, but in like a, he's a marketing executive. Uh, so I, I wish you nothing but the best, but... It took me three days to remember that you sold toilet paper, and by the time I thought of it, other people had figured it out. Uh, that should not be the case when everybody is racking their brains for places to get stuff. Uh, so this is a case where 
you know, these companies are both really strong. Uh, but I do think Costco is a little bit stronger. Costco can sell anything. If they see a demand for paint, they can add a paint section at a good price and compete with Home Depot. Costco probably does occasionally have lighting fixtures and other things. And obviously, you're not going to Costco if like your first stop is repairing your, your, your home. You're going to go to Home Depot. But there's just so many markets. Like You forget, Costco sells beds. Costco sells seasonal furniture. They sell pool supplies when it's appropriate in a market for pools. They sell grocery. You can buy your, you know, tubs of mayonnaise. You could buy a 9,000 pill, uh, you know, Tylenol jug, whatever it is. Uh, so it's, it's very close, but I'm going to say Costco here. I, I'm going to take the Home Depot here. And maybe part of me is just wanting to do this because I like being contrarian sometimes. I like both of these companies. But Costco's a very low margin business. A company like Home Depot, I do not see, see getting disrupted by any sort of technology at any point in the future. Costco is actually competing against a lot of technology giants. And before this pandemic, I probably wouldn't have said this is a risk, that they were competing against uh, food delivery markets like Amazon Fresh, for instance. But as people have attempted to move away from shopping in stores to online, the fact that Costco hasn't invested as much into their own delivery systems, their own online presence, the fact that a majority of their purchases are still made in stores could potentially threaten the people who've been paying for that Costco membership to move to e-commerce platforms to get their food delivered instead. And that's I realize that's out there, but I think about the long-term impacts of this pandemic. And I think that there are businesses that will be impacted more than people are realizing. And it's possible, in my opinion, that Costco could be one of those businesses. I do not see a future in which Home Depot is as strongly impacted as a company like Costco is. But I say that with a lot of, of hesitation because I recognize that both of these companies yeah, are I mean, standing th- performers. There's potential disruption for Home Depot because you know if you're buying a truck full of drywall, either they have to deliver it or you have to p- pick it up. There's the ability to buy cheaper real estate and not have a store and stock some of this stuff uh, and serve contractors. I mean, my family has a ladder and scaffolding business and and basically we don't compete with Home Depot because ladders are free at Home Depot compared to buying. But in terms of being a high quality option, no real contractors buying his 36 foot ladder at Home Depot. Uh, you know, th- th- this, this is, and it's a testament to the companies they do business with. The ladder they sell you is tested to exactly the legal weight. So if it's a 300 pound weight, it's tested to 1200 pounds. My family was never able to do that. So our our ladder, and we don't make ladders anymore, so I feel comfortable talking about this. Our ladder would test to like 2,000 pounds because we couldn't shave off those tolerances. <laughs> Contractors, real ones at least, they're buying that heavy-duty ladder. They're going someplace else. Home Depot is the small-time guys. Uh, but Emily, we have a winner. Um, oh, and it was close, but why don't, why don't you tell the people who won? Yes, a drum roll. You are the winner, Dan. Or should I say Costco is the winner. It's not personal. Costco has beaten out Home Depot with 56% of the votes. And the fact that that was closer makes me feel like I didn't completely ruin the seating when setting up this bracket (laughs) challenge. But I'm happy with that. As much as I do like Home Depot, there's really no denying that Costco is is in a really strong competitive position. And when I think we think about retailers, Costco isn't the one that comes to mind first for a lot of people. And we forget that there are strong retailers that have been performing consistently for a long period of time. And, And Home Depot and Costco, our winner, are both examples of that. Yeah. And a lot of people are asking us in the Q&A, 
uh, you know, why we're talking about shopping experience, you know, because that's, that's not the investment argument. I would say absolutely it is. Like, if you have a good shopping experience, that is going to lead to customer satisfaction and more sales. So, one of the challenges facing a Home Depot or any retailer isn't how you handle the person that's comfortable shopping there. It's how you handle the person that isn't. When I used to run the toy store, you'd see like the the mom walk in and be overwhelmed. It was a gigantic place, you know, 50,000 square feet packed with toys. And that's someone you walk up to and you say, Hey, are, are you new here? Can I show you around? Are you looking for a gift? What would the choices be? And you really do your absolute best to bring them in. And I think that's something that, say, a Walmart does reasonably well, that they've gotten rid of their greeters. Uh, everyone at Walmart is trained to be helpful. Same thing at Target, although it can be harder to find someone at Target. That is something where Costco intentionally doesn't do, because everything they have is put into pricing. So there's very few people on the floor. And really, at Costco, your question is, where could I find it? Because nothing, you know, I don't think I need to explain to you what eight tubes of toothpaste are. Like most things that Costco sell are pretty self-explanatory. Whereas at the Home Depot, if my contractor says, uh, I need to get a flange for this kind of toilet while, while he's replacing it, I'm going to just have that written down. And I, I don't know if it's a big box or a little box or, or what it would possibly look like. And there's a level there that I, I just think they're missing on. Uh, so Costco is the winner here. Emily, this was a ton of fun. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, this is a ton of fun. I really enjoyed this. And thank you for, for bearing with me as we experimented this time around. I, I do have a final thought. And it was about what you just talked about in terms of looking at retail experiences through the, the lens of the shopping experience. And it's important for every investor not to put too much emphasis on their own anecdotal experiences because one person's experience isn't necessarily indicative of another's. But that's what makes looking at consumer goods in retail chains in particular so interesting is that it does depend on the member experience. And while it's not an individual experience, it's the aggregate experience that people have when they go into a store. And so, Dan, when you talk about your experiences shopping at Home Depot or Dollar General, I don't think you're the only person who has experienced those trends. So while it doesn't so much matter what one individual thinks when you look at a SaaS company, for instance, it matters a lot more when you're trying to target huge numbers of just individual shoppers like these stores are. And it makes it challenging uh, for investors, but also really enjoyable, especially when we get to have conversations like we did today. So Dan, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Industry Focus. It was extremely enjoyable. Thanks for having me. Listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or just want to reach out and say hi, you can feel free to shoot us an email at industryfocusatfool.com or tweet us at mfindustryfocus. As always, people on the program might own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against any stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for his work behind the screen today and for dealing with us as we put up those live polls to our audience. For Dan Klein, I'm Emily Flippin. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.